Welcome to Leading with Curiosity. Command and control leadership is dead. We interview leaders, entrepreneurs, and executive coaches challenging old paradigms and fostering cutting-edge leadership. Here's your host, certified executive coach, Nate Leslie. Hello, listeners. The conversation today put me out on a limb when I was invited by Sophie McLean's team to interview her. I had this pit in uh, this feeling in my stomach, like, oh my gosh, can I, can I keep up? <laughs> and so I thought that's exactly what I need to do is try. And this conversation that you are about to hear uh, from a, a philosopher living on a small island off the coast of Madrid, writing her second book. Um, Sophie's born in Algeria, raised in Morocco, off to Oxford, England, Los Angeles, Washington, DC, New York City. Uh, just a fascinating woman, and uh, she has an ability to speak about the spirit and spirituality, not in a religious sense, but in a, in a real pure uh, sense of humanity, uh, in a time when I think this conversation is needed. And uh, she was able to help me connect some dots from leadership principles and theory to a deeper, uh, deeper understanding about how those connect with the human, ex uh, human experience and the human spirit. I'm going to get her book <laughs> and I'm going to follow more of what she has to say. And uh, yeah, uh, it was, I was reminded leading with curiosity to approach this conversation that intimidated me a little bit with curiosity and an open mind. Uh, I just learned so much. And I really hope that you enjoy it uh, too. Here it is. Sophie McLean, welcome to Leading with Curiosity. Nathan, thank you for having me. You know, when I was thinking about my first question before we got on the call today, I was explaining to my seven and eight-year-old kids who I was going to be talking to. And my eight-year-old son said, but how does someone go from being a helicopter pilot to a teacher to speaking to people all over the world. And I said, I think that's going to be a great first question. So let's start there. Just tell us a little bit about this amazing <laughs> diverse background you've had. Oh, my. Tell your son that helicopter pilot was just a small thing. I was a horse rider teacher. I translated book from English to French. I'm trained as an interior designer, a philosopher. I did helicopter pilot. What else did I do? I mean, you know, I really search, I really search, but I'm sure your son is interested in the helicopter pilot because it sounds so good, yeah. but I'll, te I'll tell you the truth because we don't lie to children. Um, I used to live in uh, Oxford, England, and my husband uh, was the owner of Oxford Airport. Uh, it's called Kiddington Airport. Anyway, he bought and sold um, helicopters and plane and had students. And he died. Oh, sorry. I know, but that was long ago, but thank you. And, and so I collapsed, right? It, it was a dramatic uh, time. I mean, the way he died and all that was horrible. The, and I was like a dead woman walking. I mean, like literally there was no inspiration for me, nothing in life. I, I, I just didn't know how to go back to life. So helicopter 
flying helicopter, I thought would take so much from me, you know, because helicopters are so unstable and I never flew anything in my life. I thought, okay, if I learn to fly helicopters, I won't think about anything else while I'm doing it. And it worked. Uh-huh. It worked. So I literally became a helicopter pilot to save my sanity and my life. So I don't know if your son is going to be terribly disappointed, but tell him that I flew from with Navy pilots that took me under their wing and I had the most extraordinary adventure flying helicopters. Wow. Well, there's <laughs> there's there's so many questions. I'm uh, we joked. I'm uh, afraid to ask you because your breadth of experience is is so fascinating in the, in the realm of, of presence and uh, spirituality and wisdom um, and suffering. And, and, and um, so, so we joked we would dance around what I might understand. Uh, so this is a, such a fun adventure and challenge for me. But I heard you say right there, it allowed me to think about nothing else. Uh, so maybe we can talk a little bit about how hard it is for people um, to do just that, to be present and to focus on that one thing. Uh, so I would like to, I would like to get there very soon. Uh, I just want to back up again. Born in Algeria, uh, raised in Morocco, then to Oxford, Los Angeles, Washington D.C., New York City, and now on a small island off the coast of Spain, where you're writing your second book. Did I get that right? <laughs> That's right. I'm a yeah. gypsy. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about the book that you're working on. All right. I wrote my first book called The Elegance of Simplicity, which was to uh, show people how we build our ego, right? The ego is not what people think it is. People think that an ego is being arrogant or being a jerk. But the ego, in fact, is everything you identify with other than who you really are. So you can identify with being a man, a woman, a mother, father, the amount of money you have in the bank, your job title, your nationality, the color of your skin, all that is not who you really are, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, so the first book was about that. The second book is, um, I think I'll tell you the title for the moment. I mean, I just started writing a month ago, right? But for the moment is only an ass will want to be a prophet. (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) I like this title I don't know if I'll keep it but I really like it it's because you know when you engage in the past of the spiritual right there is which is spiritual development which is different from self-development self-development is to make your human life better right to produce results to be more effective to stop agonizing and suffering that's self-development but there comes a point where you need something else you need to remember who you really are and that's called spiritual development right so the second book is about spiritual development and it's based on a saying from Pierre Teilhard de Chardin which is, I'm not asking you to pronounce, it's a French mystic that said, you're not a human being having a spiritual experience, you're a spiritual being having a human experience. Mm -hmm. So we have a human Mm -hmm. and we are our spirit or soul or essence. So that's what the second book is about. 
and and what is it about being a prophet that uh, would attract only uh, only an ass? Oh, oh, I tell you, you must be crazy to engage in this path. It's much better to be a sleepwalker. You know, like I, I the people that do not question, that do not engage. You know, we all philosophers at heart, right? But there are some people that go through the routine of life and 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 go through the day without awareness. So. It's actually much easier than practicing and mastering awareness, which never stops showing you what you need to give up. So I think if you want to engage in the spiritual journey, just know you are not choosing an easy path and it's a miraculous one. So, you know. So to be a prophet is to know, but to 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 be seeking uh, questioning is is to not know. Am I close? Seek a prophet. That that's very beautiful. Actually, what you just said. Uh, you know, Socrates, the Greek philosopher, said, "The only thing I know is that I know nothing." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's only with this kind of mind, a beginner's mind, that you can learn. That's the paradox of life. If you already know, you can't learn anything. You block, you put a barrier, right? So a prophet for me is someone that is willing to give up any intellectual knowing, have a total beginner's mind so that the whole world of elevation and learning is available. And it works for everyday's life. I see people with joy and happiness when they adopt that beginner's mind. You know, Nathan, if I may, when you say, okay, I'm not located in your world, I don't know what I will learn. For me, that is such a gift mm. versus having to talk to somebody that thinks they already know. And my life is a delight. I mean, it really is delicious because I know nothing. So my entire day is like a child discovering constantly, discovering people, places, happening, new way to speak, new way to do things. It's mm. a fun life. Well, that's why we're here, because a learner's mindset is my you know, approach to life. And the title of this podcast, Leading with Curiosity for Leaders, uh, is to start, with, start from a place of curiosity. Uh, and as you put it, a beginner's mind. Um, well, it's not me putting it. It's a, it's one of the fundamental Zen teaching. So you see, oh. Nathan, you're much more spiritual than you think. <laughs> <laughs> so we so we joke that I wondered how I could keep up, and that's exactly why I accepted the uh, invitation from your team to uh, speak with you because I thought keep it, trying to keep up would be really fun. Um, yeah. So. Um, so let's let's go back. I told you I wanted to ask about that being present and think nothing other than needing to be a pilot. How, how does this tie into this idea of of being present while being curious and having a beginner's mind all at the same time? All right. So uh, let me see how I want to answer that. Right. So um, the the the. Most people experience a lot of anxiety. And you know that little voice in your head that never shuts up at night and keeps you up or yeah. when you go to a meeting and you're planning what you're going to say and then they change the topic five times and you still haven't said a word or anxiety. But, and anxiety is always about very different from fear. 
Anxiety is always about imagining what might happen in the future based on your past experience, right? Mm -hmm. So mm. when you are... At Can you say the, that again? Can you say that again? <laughs> anxiety yeah. is... I, I don't quite remember what I said, but I, I'll get the... Anxiety is imagining what might happen in the future based on your past experiences or on what you know from the past, mm. right? So when you have the effect of anxiety, you are operating either in the past or in the future. Mm. But the problem is, so there is no one home, there is nobody present. But the problem, Nathan, is that the future doesn't exist. There is not a place called the future we will get to one day. I know that everybody lives as if one day we'll all be seen rich and happy, but that is a fantasy, right? There is not a place called the future you will get to one day. Like, there is not a place called the past that you can go back to. Mm. Well, but they do exist. They're not real. But they do exist. And they exist in your speaking. Thoughts are language as well, right? Mm -hmm. You think in language. So when you think about what might happen in the future, your language actually locates you there. And when you think about what happened in the past or talk about it, then your language locates you there and takes you out of the experience of being present. Mm. Your language so, takes you there. Yeah, language is a sacred, extraordinary power of human being. You know, look at Nelson Mandela, right? For 28 years, he spoke the end of apartheid. If he didn't speak it, it would not have happened if he had kept it for himself. Gandhi spoke the freedom of India. Martin Luther King spoke the equality of races. If they didn't speak, it would not have happened. Mm. So one of the fundamental law of a human is speak and you shall have it. Mm. The problem is when you don't know what you're speaking. <laughs> and speaking includes that little voice inside our head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all language. It's it's a realm of languaging. Language yeah. is is a sacred gift that we have. It also has a shadow side. Yes. Oh, a shadow. Yes. Tell me more about the shadow side. Of language? Yes. Well, if you are not aware, right, you know, awareness is like when you teach your children to cross the street, right? When you teach a child to cross the street, you tell them, stop, look right look left, and then make a choice. That's awareness. Everybody can practice awareness. Mm -hmm. From that time you stop and you look, then you make a choice. That's called mastering awareness. So if you're not aware of your thoughts, if, you're not, if you believe your thoughts, if you identify with your thoughts, you have thoughts, you are not your thoughts. Like you have mm. feelings, you are not your feelings. So this mistake of identification 
mm. is what robs people of all chance of being present and all of power and joy. One of my favorite things, I say this almost every episode these days, is when ideas connect from episode to episode. And I try to connect the thread of this conversation for the listeners who are most on some sort of leadership journey. Um, we've explored in previous episode the idea that so many high-performing leaders suffer high-performers disease, which is this imposter syndrome, this internal voice saying, how did I get to this position? What am I doing here? And how am I going to blow it in this next big presentation or meeting that I have or in the not knowing the answer to somebody's questions? When I share that with you and put it in a leader's context, uh, what what's making you smile right now? <laughs> it's just because the nature of human being is the same, that you're a high power leader or you're, uh, I don't know, a gardener in... Timbuktu or something, right? So this, this believing your thoughts. We, mm. Nathan, we have two kinds of minds. We have the conscious mind, the one that is directly aligned with who you really are, that gives you access to authentic power, intuition. You know, the great leaders listen to their intuition, right? And then there is another mind, which I call the automatic mind that is designed to survive. And that mind that is designed to survive will analyze and dissect everything mm. you say and you do and what people might think. Like I have never met a human being that has a little voice in their head that says, you are so great. You are a gift to humankind. They are so lucky to have you because if you have that little voice, keep it. No, the little voice we're talking about, the surviving one, is always a blame, make wrong, doubt, anxiety kind of voice. That's the ego world. That's the suffering world. And why I do the work I do mm -hmm. is based on... You know, Albert Einstein said, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. <laughs> mm -hmm. so I believe there is a shift that is needed from the ego world, which is the reign of what we call homo sapiens, to what David Hawkins called homo spiritus, which is the five senses plus the spiritual and the global crisis, systemic crisis we're going through now, I believe is the consequence of that shift, resisting that shift, I should say. Resisting that shift. So oh. let, let's go there. We're, we're, we're um, recording this on March 1st, 2022. There's an awful situation in Ukraine at the moment. Uh, one of the questions that I was invited to explore weeks ago was why in the world, why is the world in such a place of conflict? And then here we are meeting a few weeks after we first were introduced and, and the world is dealing with this. So um, yeah, let me back up one step, this idea, uh, the consequence of this shift of the resistance to the shift. Yeah. The, 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 if I, if I heard you right, uh, yeah. The world's conflict is in 
yeah, where, where can where can we go from here that connects your ideas to maybe the current state of affairs as you as you are witnessing them from your yeah. seat? Yeah, well, you know, I have a friend that uh, looked at my website and said, Sophie, you're talking about the soul and, you know, talking about the soul puts people off. And I, I, you know, I'm not religious. I talk about the soul like an essence, right? But um, my friend is extremely educated. She's extraordinary. She's done my work and all that. And still talking about being a spiritual being, having a human experience is too much for her, right? Mm -hmm. That's the resistance to the shift. People, you see, inside of the ego, Nathan, we want everything to stay as it was. There is a rigidity to the ego. People do not want to change. People do not want to move. People do not want to elevate. People do not want to learn. That is called survival. You just hunker down and you go for control and domination. Mm -hmm. But the universe is in constant motion. Mm-hmm. The universe is flowing, moving. I mean, even the table I'm leaning on right now, if you go down to the molecular level, the molecules are in a constant state of change. I feel uh, as we as as we look at global conflict and hanging on to power or the this need to have it and to keep it that resistance to that things are changing that i'm reminded of like how this is going to sound political because it is uh, how ineffective a conservative approach is because things do and constantly change am, am i am i hearing you yeah. right if you want to pull a weed out of your garden, you have to get to the root, right? Mm-hmm. So the very design of human being, the very design of the ego is that you have some a winning side of your ego, right? So you might be making it in life, winning at surviving by being kind or by being a good listener or by being a hard worker or by being clever, right? And that works. And then there is a losing destructive side of the ego, which is when the winning side doesn't work, then you go to destroy. Uh And that is, you know, you can see it in children. You know, your children can throw a tantrum Mm -hmm. and dominate until they get what they want. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they ask enough questions, they'll beat you into submission. You know, (laughs) so there is a destructive side to the ego, which is all about domination and violence and destruction. So this is what we're witnessing in the world, right? Mm. This looking externally for the energy you need or you think you need. So... You can see it in everyday's life, like some people are needing to be in a relationship, needing to be loved, needing to be successful, needing to be recognized, needing to be famous. So that's looking outside for your own satisfaction and fulfillment. And then you have dictators that need more money, need more power, need more force, and need to have what they want. 
It's just the conflict that is happening right now is a reflection of the very design of the ego put at an international nation level. Mm. What's it? What's at the opposite end of to need to need those things? What's over here? All right. So imagine, right? So that's where we're going to get a bit woo woo. But imagine <laughs> that we have a system where we need energy to be alive, right? The plants and the plant kingdom they get their energy from the sun. They don't need to go and get it, okay? Mm-hmm. So they wait there, the sun gives them what they need and they don't have to do anything. We, on the other hand, like the animals, we need to go and get our substance, physical substance. We need to go and get food and water. And we learned, right, since the beginning of time when we arrived, we learned to, to eat and drink and protect ourselves against the elements how I know we learned is because we're still around. The species that are not around anymore, they didn't learn. Okay. And at one point, and don't ask me when, I don't know, mm-hmm. we shifted our physical survival to what is called an ontologic survival, which is surviving each other, surviving the future, surviving an illusion. You know, we are in danger, but most of us, and I'm so sorry for the people in Ukraine because you are, but for most of us, we are not in danger physically. But we frighten to go and speak in public. We frighten to go on a date. We frighten to go to a meeting, right? So we're in survival ontologically. Mm. So I can't remember your question now. What was your question? We were uh, just <laughs> connecting what is at the opposite side of needing oh, yeah, all yeah, of yeah. those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, well done, well done. Yeah. So, <laughs> next <laughs> challenge. <laughs> yeah. So then, right? So looking for your energy externally is a source of suffering and is an illusion. It's an absurdity, in fact, really absurd. That's the immaturity mm. of the global population. So what is a spiritual development? Spiritual development is looking for this energy internally, mm-hmm. connecting to the spiritual. And there, there is an abundance of it. And what you find, and that's where we're going to get a bit woo-woo, Nathan, is apart from intuition, guidance, and authentic power, you experience a love that is all-encompassing and that is very difficult to put into words. It's got Mm. to be an experience. You have this gratitude that arises and gratitude because of this love, this gratitude gives rise to a profound joy. And when you experience love, gratitude and joy, you will not think about going to kill your neighbor. You just will not. So the the possibility of peace on the planet is to really remember who you are. It's not rules and laws and more tanks and more. It is to educate everybody with a mistake that we've been doing for centuries, which is to look for what we desire most externally it's inside Mm. it's internal just going to flag the connection uh, with with what you've just said to uh 
extrinsic motivation motivation and intrinsic motivation as we as we go through our our careers in life and how we yearn for these extrinsic um, rewards and recognition and yet uh, more sustainable more fulfilling is the things that we can uh, enjoy uh, from within um, but I don't want to get sidetracked on that one today because there's so many more interesting uh, things to talk about with you. How do we create this new culture for humanity? Well, um, uh, Gandhi said you need to be the change you wish to see in the world, right? Mm -hmm. So self-development has a quite a bad vibes in some circles because it's become a bit egocentric and self-centered and you know self-indulgent so that is an inauthenticity that i'm not even going to attend to but there is an education to be had that is necessary you know nobody told me at school the design of a human being nobody told me about what is underneath a complaint what is the winning side of survival? What even is survival? Uh, why am I not fulfilled? Nobody educated me on what it is mm. to be a human being. And we all the same, mm. right? So this education is necessary. Mm. You know, uh, if you look at the Black Lives Matter movement, right? Do you know how immature it is to identify a person by the color of their skin? Mm. I mean, really? In 2022, we still refer to a person by the color of the skin. I mean, how absurd is that? Do you see? It's a question mm -hmm. of education. Mm -hmm. If we knew who we really are, mm -hmm. that would disappear. You don't need laws. You don't even need anything else. You just need to be educated. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I believe life is a school right, a school of elevation towards this love and this uh, joy that I'm talking about. You, I believe also that the universe never makes mistakes. I, I, that's my experience. In my worst moments, something good always came out of something bad. I mean, it was amazing as long as I was willing to learn. I believe you cannot resist elevation evolution and if you try you shall suffer mm -hmm. and everybody has the choice let's move towards a close with this idea you've mentioned a number of times how how at the beginning of this journey we are how uh, underdeveloped or immature we are as a species as humanity um can wisdom be taught yeah yeah absolutely what a beautiful uh, question okay you want you have to know my meaning of wisdom right i'm not i'm not sure it's the meaning of everybody well i'm quite sure it's not but here's my meaning of wisdom wisdom is knowing that you hold the world in your eyes meaning that you don't see the world as it is you see the world mm. through your own view mm. Right? Mm -hmm. then that makes you the originator of your world. Because if you see the world 
through your own view and you are willing to take responsibility for that, then you can do something about it if mm. that view doesn't work. So of course you can you can learn that, of course. Your paradigm, really, the way you see the world, and if we can take responsibility for the fact that that's full of all sorts of bias based on the infinite number of experiences that we've had, then absolutely. therefore it can be different. Well, look for the bias. Just look for them. Mm-hmm. That's the spiritual path. See, every time in your life, you have something that you do not want, or you don't have something you want, or you are stuck, or you have a loss of power, a loss of freedom. Just look for your own view. There is a barrier. Mm-hmm. There is. If you find it, you're unstuck. The moment, and it's in the moment, Nathan, the moment you find your blind spot, you're free. We're going to stop right there. This has been such a pleasure. I'm so glad we met. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Leading with Curiosity. Please share, follow, and rate the show so that other leaders can make positive change in the world. Connect with Nate at natelesley.ca. And remember, the brain behaves very differently when encouraged to think rather than told to listen.